morning, everyone. Uh, well, I'm definitely honored to be here this morning uh, to present another lesson for everybody here. Um, I would like to thank the elders especially for this opportunity. It's definitely a great opportunity for growth. Um, and I'm excited to bring, bring another portion of God's word to you. Uh, when, when Mitch asked me to do a lesson earlier this year, I don't actually remember saying yes. <laughs> I do, however, remember thinking and telling my wife, I can't believe I said yes. <laughs> so, but after preparing this lesson, I do have a much greater appreciation for Sean. Let me take this off. For Sean and uh, any other evangelists in the world that, that is out there preaching, because it, it's definitely hard work. So, uh, but today I do want to just focus on a simple topic that I think we can sometimes forget. Um, it's one of the first things that we learn as children, and probably one of the first things we teach our children. Uh, this is something that everybody practices on a daily basis, and in fact, during this time of year, during the holidays, it's almost an expectation for people to practice. Uh, however, as Christians, it should be built into our daily lives, no matter what's going on in the world. So today I want to talk to you about kindness and compassion, the relationship they share, and how we can apply it in every aspect of our lives. Uh, I chose this topic because being compassionate is something I actually struggle with. And I think that it's a blessing to be able to study this topic and bring it to you guys today. So, and I'm hoping that this will uh, edify you and it will help you become better Christians as well. Uh, Throughout the Bible, we can see kindness and compassion demonstrated, and the, usual, and the two are usually closely linked together uh, in, in a lot of different examples. There are some differences between kindness and compassion that I want to look at today, uh, and I'll also show you that this is something we can use in our lives, whether we're speaking to a fellow brother or, a brother or sister, or whether it's a coworker, schoolmate, or a friend, or even your enemy, okay? So we'll go ahead and get started there. So first off, um, we, can find, we, we want to find out what kindness and compassion are. Um, I, I went through the dictionary, uh, as we usually do, um, and found that kindness is defined as the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. And I think the first, thing, first things we can say about kindness is that it is one of the fruits of the Spirit, uh, as said in Galatians 5, 22 to 23. Um, I'll just read that real quick. So, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. It's listed there along some other very important qualities. Love, joy, peace, goodness, faithfulness, all of those. And these are all things that, these are all traits that Jesus had. So we are striving to be like Jesus, aren't we? So um, we often he also hear the phrase act of kindness, uh, but you never actually hear the phrase act of niceness. And the truth is we can be nice to people and not necessarily be kind. We can, we can be nice to people we don't even like. So the idea of being friendly, generous, and considerate is all about what's in your heart. Um, are you genuinely, genuinely trying to be kind to this person, or are you just trying to be nice even though your heart's not in the right place? 
Uh, as for compassion, uh, compassion is defined as sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortunes of others. Um, what I understand is compassion pricks you in the heart and you act on that compassion. We see Jesus do this many times in the New Testament. Uh, he, takes on, he takes compassion on numerous people and acts on that compassion to help them uh, because they do have some kind of misfortune. Um, we, we'll look at a couple examples of that later on in the lesson as well. Uh, something else that I think that can be learned through the, through the New Testament is that kindness implies love and forgiveness as well. Um, Paul wrote in Ephesians about this and says specifically in Ephesians 4, 29 through 32, um, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. It's pretty clear here that, uh, and Paul even gives us a list of what not to do. Right? We, we understand that uh, if one of our brothers is sinful uh, toward you and, and shows remorse for, and repents for that sin, uh, then we're able to be compassionate enough to forgive and forget that sin as God does. Uh, another example is in John 13, 34. Yeah, John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this you will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus was, at this point in his life, was being, uh, he was preparing his disciples for after he was gone. And he wanted them to know that when he was gone, people would know who they were. Uh, they would know that, that they were Christians by the love and kindness that they showed, not only for each other, but others as well. We need to apply this concept in our own lives to show others around the world that we are Christians. God's light needs to be shown through us. As I've told my kids before, people are watching us, and especially because we are Christians, they tend to criticize us even harder because we're held to such a high standard. If we practice love and kindness at all times, we're showing that we are indeed his disciples. Um, so we have all heard the golden rule, or at least have heard of the golden rule. I'm going to go ahead and, and just read that real quick. That's in Luke 20, or 10, 25 through 27. It says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and, uh, and your neighbor as yourself. This tells us that we need to love God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. However, at the end of verse 27, for the sake of the lesson, is where we want to uh, turn our focus. Uh, we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. As Christians, I would like to think we're not self-absorbed and we don't, uh, we don't take this verse in the wrong light. Uh, you do love yourself, whether you think so or not. Maybe not in a selfish type of way, uh, where you're only looking at yourself, 
but you do make sure that in life you're fed, you're clothed, uh, that you have a roof over your head, that sort of thing. So you make sure you're taken care of. And as Christians, we need to do the same thing for our neighbors. We need to show kindness and compassion and love to them as well. Jesus did do this many times throughout the Gospels, and I want to take a look at a couple of those instances and see what kind of lessons we can learn from them. Uh, probably one of my favorite stories about Jesus uh, is, is in Mark, uh, Mark 6, uh, when he feeds 5,000 people. Uh, I'll go ahead and read that story. Uh, it's Mark 6, verse 33, and we'll read through 42. So, but the multitude saw him, or saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them, because they were like sheep, not having a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, this is, a, this is a deserted place and the hour is late. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But he answered them and said, give them something to eat. But they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, five and two fish. Then he commanded them to make them all sit in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks in hundreds and fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and two fish, he, took a, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men. So we can see in, in verse 33 that he was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He understood that these people were lost and wanted to make sure that they were taken care of in both their spiritual and physical needs. Uh, he had the capacity to handle both, so he did. And, and just as a side note, I think this miracle is amazing. Uh, it, I mean, there's probably, well, usually about 150 to 200 people here at any, on Sunday mornings, right? So just imagine like 30 times more people here, and Jesus comes up and, and feeds everybody here with just five loaves. It just, to me, is, is so amazing to, to even think about that. Um, we do find another great example of Jesus' kindness and compassion in, in Matthew 8 when he's healing the man with leprosy. So Matthew 8, 1 through 4, When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, can you make me clean? Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy was cleansed, and Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. And Jesus had 
found that this man had a great amount of faith, uh, and he had faith that Jesus said who he said he was, and asked him to heal him of this leprosy. And Jesus had compassion for this man and showed the kindness of healing him. We learn that Jesus can cleanse our own sicknesses, which is sin, uh, because of the compassion and kindness he shows us. But we can also apply this to people that we meet out in the world uh, by showing them the same kind of love and kindness that Jesus does in this instance. So Jesus not only tells us to love our neighbors, but in Matthew 5, uh, he says, You have heard that it is said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies. So we're going to talk about how to be kind and show our enemies love as well. So we're, I mean, it's a commandment. We're commanded to show kindness to people we don't necessarily like or agree with. In Proverbs 24, we're told not to gloat when our enemy falls. And in Proverbs 25, we're told that we should feed our enemy when he's hungry. There are many examples throughout the Bible that either specifically say to be kind to our enemies or show us by example that we are to be kind to our enemies. I think one of the, one of the greatest examples I could find that uh, I really enjoyed was the story of Joseph. Um, Joseph was Jacob's favorite son, and he was loved so much by his father that Jacob made him a special coat, a special colorful coat. And it wasn't any kind of secret. Everybody knew Joseph was the favorite. And his brothers hated him for it. They hated and despised him for, for they were just so jealous. They were so jealous that they wanted to kill him. Uh, but we could just go ahead and, and read a little bit about it. So in Genesis 37, uh, starting in verse 18, Now when they saw him far off, even before they came near, they conspired against him to kill him. And they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. Come therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. And we shall say, Some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what becomes of his dreams. Now, we all know Joseph wasn't actually killed. Um, but you can see that the intent was there. They wanted to do it. They wanted to kill him. Luckily, one of his brothers uh, kind of speaks up for him. Um, let's continue reading a little bit more. Uh, but Reuben heard it and delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit which is in the wilderness, and do not lay a hand on him that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. So they didn't end up killing him. But if you, if you read a little bit further down, you find that, uh, they, that they sold him to some Ishmaelites that were walking by uh, for 20 shekels of silver. So eventually he ends up in Egypt with Potiphar. And we all kind of know that story, but I'll kind of paraphrase just to just to, so we can have some context. Jesus, uh, Joseph kind of bounces around a little bit. He goes from Potiphar's house and then is thrown in jail after the whole, whole scandal with his wife. Uh, and then Joseph end up, ends up spending two years in jail after, after all of that happens. Now, I've never actually been in prison myself, 
Um, I'm sure a lot of us haven't, but you can imagine that two years of just sitting around is a lot of time to think. Uh, it's a lot of time to think and reflect on what happened with him and his brothers and how, how like think about how he ended up in the position he's in now. Uh, eventually after, after he's in prison for a while, he doesn't, he doesn't interpret Pharaoh's dreams and is put in a very high place in Egypt. He's actually so high up in the ranks that he's, that Pharaoh's the only guy above him. Um, one day, because of the famine um, that Joseph had told Pharaoh about, he, his brothers end up showing up there in Egypt. And he sees them there. And they don't seem to recognize him. They don't recognize Joseph at all. So this is it. Joseph could finally have his revenge on his brothers for all the terrible things they did and all the wrong they caused, right? With Joseph in this high position, he can pretty much do whatever he wants to them. He can finally exact his revenge. But does he do it? Does he exact his revenge on his brothers? Pretty sure we know the answer. Uh, he, he, I mean, after all, this is a lesson on kindness, right? So let's read a bit, and we'll find out for sure. So Genesis 45, verse 1. Uh, then Joseph could not restrain himself before others who stood, be, uh, stood by him. And he cried out, Make everyone go out from me. No one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But the brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you, sold, because you sold me here. For God has sent me before you to preserve life. Joseph was pretty overcome by emotion by this. He was pretty happy to see his brothers, even after all they did. And he told them not to worry about it. He forgave them and was kind to them. He showed them that kindness that we should be showing to others. He allowed them to live and even took it a step further and told them to, get, to go get their dad and bring him back to Egypt, and they'd be well taken care of there. Uh, it takes a lot of love and compassion to do this to people who have wronged you in such a terrible way, and Joseph did that. Um, we should have this type of compassion for our enemies. We should be quick to forgive and quick to show kindness toward them and, and quick to uh, just be there for them and show them that compassion. Um, so that's kind of a good Old Testament example. I do have a, a great New Testament example. If you'll turn to Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 30. So this is uh, the story of the Good Samaritan. Uh, now, if you aren't familiar with this story or with the Samaritans, just understand that the Jews and the Samaritans were not friends. They did not like each other. Uh, so we can, we'll read the story, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it. Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, 
And when he saw him, he passed by the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at that place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend when I come again, I will repay you. Which, so which of these three do you think the neighbor to him who fell among thieves? And he said, He who, sh- and, yeah, and he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Again, the Samaritans were uh, an enemy of the Jews, um, yet this Samaritan saw this poor Jew that had just been beaten and robbed and took compassion on him and showed him kindness. Uh, He took this man to an inn and attempted to fix his wounds and everything, and he even took it a step further and said to the innkeeper, if you need anything else, just let me know and I'll pay for it. I'll take care of everything. I believe this is true kindness and compassion, and we can learn a great deal from this story. People in the world even use the phrase Good Samaritan uh, because it's such a great example of kindness and compassion. However, I think the ultimate kindness that has ever been shown is from God. He sent his only son to earth to die for us because we were not able to live up to his standards. We allowed sin in this world, and, we could, and God could have just let us live in sin, and we'd be lost forever. But he didn't. He knows that we can never get to heaven on our own, and showed us kindness and a pathway to heaven that can only be given from him. All he asks for in return is that we obey his word, and they were baptized and live our life as a Christian seeking after Jesus. He invites all of us to become his children. We have water right here. Why wait? If you are, if you are not a Christian and want to become baptized, you can right here, right now. It's the single greatest decision of your life. Or maybe you're already a Christian and want to ask for help or forgiveness for something that you've done. God offers that also. Whatever, you, uh, whatever need you have, let it be known as we stand and sing.